hockey fans in the desert southwest. It is another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy driving you, joining you live from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host Stephen Marsh live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, this is week eight by my account in this uh, quarantine thing. We still got a few days to go, but things are starting to open up a little bit. So first things first, how are you tonight? I'm doing well. Yes, we're in week eight. Uh, since you told me that, I'm not keeping track, but <laughs> week eight is sounds about right. And uh, we're just kind of hanging in there. Looks like things are starting to open up back up and and we'll uh, we'll see how uh, things play out. But uh, we're just moving along here, just ready to well, talk some more hockey. You know, you and I had a chance to uh, visit in person on Friday when I made my trip up to Vegas, albeit for a short time. But um, as I commented then, things are really uh, changing in Vegas. The building just continues, doesn't it? Yes, yes. I uh, had a chance to, to watch your uh, Sunday special, which people can watch on your on, on the YouTube channel. And uh, it, it is. It's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's really changing really fast. Uh, the building is, uh, is, is going up, uh, for, of course, for the, the AHL uh, facility uh, and, other, and practice rink and whatever you want to call it, a ice rink. And uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and and you know, and at some point when all this settles down, everything will open back up, and people will get to to resume hockey, and uh, it will be uh, it'll be a nice nice thing. You know, we had uh, Jesse Granger on the show on Monday and Professional uh, Hockey Southwest Weekly, and uh, one of Jesse's comments that stuck with me was I asked him about the building as well, and he said. You know what's happening is uh, the building's going up, but in Vegas we just can't build it fast enough. I mean, people want the ice right now, and we just you know can't build the rinks quick enough, which I thought was kind of unique because most of the time it's like, okay, where are we going to build it? How are we going to pay for it? All of these types of things, and in Vegas it's just the opposite. It's like, okay, we're ready to go. Let's uh, get it built. Yeah, well, people are so hungry for for uh, people were so hungry for for sports here for a long time for professional sports for. A long time and and uh, the hockey thing just really blossomed i mean hockey was was kind of growing here a little bit but i mean when the golden knights just showed up here and they put so much in, into the community and and playing and and obviously you know with city national and, and now they've invested into, into henderson and city of henderson's excited for to have that and so they're on board the, the residents on board you know we talked about it um with the um the the arena, but uh, it sounds like everything for the most part will work out. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really uh, it really is. It's, it's it, you can't go up fast enough without saying, okay, we need to we need to have another another rink. I mean, as soon as City National went up, I mean, it wasn't, I, I mean, it wasn't that long before it was saying, oh my gosh, this place is crowded and overbooked and and so busy. They need another they need another rink. I mean, it, I mean, it was like almost immediate right after city national was going it, it was you knew it wasn't going to be enough but it certainly wasn't enough and now henderson will have its own facility and we'll have to see what happens after that you know also when i was talking to jesse about it i thought a couple things were were unique was the fact that when uh, when i went through vegas it was eerily quiet on the strip and i know you guys had told me that about how quiet it was but until i saw it for myself uh, it was really just an eerie feeling the other thing on, on the same topic is, as eerily as it felt, I know that Vegas will come back stronger, bigger, better. Uh, if there's anybody that can 
get through this thing. It, it's the city of Vegas and certainly the Strip because they know how to handle things there from security to the thermal warming cameras to to uh, social distancing. I, I don't think there's anywhere in the country that would be a safer spot than Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, yes, that is true. I mean, I, I do feel like it will probably take some time. I think, it, you know, we, we are so reliant on on people coming from, from other places and people I think are still going to be hesitant for a while to travel. But I think, uh, you know, we saw this with the, with the recession in 2008, 2009, Vegas was hit really hard. It took a while to bounce back, but once things started to really pick up, it really started to, to blossom. And I think that'll happen for Vegas. It'll take some time, no question. But I think once we can start getting people here and, and like the casinos are doing, you know, they're making plans, what they're going to do and, and people will feel safe and going into a casino. It'll be different for a while. You're right. The normal cameras, social distancing, you won't be as crowded as, as before and, and all that will, you know, will take some time, but uh, Vegas. Yeah. People will be excited to come back to Vegas and, and spend their money again and, and, and to come and watch the hockey again, come see the Raiders this fall in the new stadium um, in the sports world. So, I mean, it's, you know, once people can start going to sporting events again. So once, once we do get through this and get on the other end of it, yeah, I think it, after, after a little bit of a period, I think, I think Vegas will certainly be up there once again and, and booming once again. You know, you and I have talked to a lot of great guests, uh, on the course of our show already and, and our show is still so young, but, um, we always seem to find great guests. We got another one tonight. Uh, Jeremy Goltz is uh, going to be our guest. He uh, runs Mission Hockey Arizona, a youth hockey organization here in the uh, uh, northwest part of Phoenix. But Jeremy's got ties in club hockey way back to his days, playing yeah. days, from 1990 to 94 at the University of Arizona. And he was the guy that a lot of people here at Arizona State say maybe started the turnaround of the club hockey program before Greg uh, Powers took over. Right. And was Greg is actually an assistant with Jeremy Goals for a while. So Jeremy's going to be a, a lot of fun to have on. He's got a lot of insight into a lot of things. Uh, and I really want to pick his brain on, on just the growth of it, because I know he wanted to see it grow in 1990, but now it's uh, 2020. And uh, I wonder what his thoughts are. I just can't wait to talk yeah. to him about it. So we'll look That'll forward to having Jeremy on. Well, I, I believe too that there's everything kind of happens at a, a, a for a period of time. I think, or at a certain time for a reason. I, you know, I, I think there's a reason why Vegas to this point didn't have a pro team. I, I just, you know, there wasn't the right time. There wasn't maybe the the growth wasn't there. It wasn't, you know, but 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 now that you know with the hockey coming here and then you know with Vegas being as big as it was, the, the city has grown as much as it has. It was time for a pro team to be here, and now we have football here now. So I mean, there's a time. I think maybe back then. It wasn't the right time for for it to grow. I mean, you put plant the seed, but maybe it wasn't the right time for it to grow. But now, but now, now has been the time, and we've seen the growth of it. So we'll be excited to hear his his thoughts about about how how the growth has has come in the last, uh, I guess, ten or so years. Or yeah, you know, and when I look back at uh, club hockey just recently, and and you and I have been talking about this all summer long. Or, or, spring long i guess we're not too summer yet but um when we talked in the spring about just the way the club teams continue to build and more names keep surfacing at uh, unlv more at u of a uh the arizona state got a, a new d2 coach today a former uh nhler i believe for a little time in, in the nhl so hopefully we can get him on uh sometime soon and and, and chat with him about uh 
you know, coming back and helping build the program there. But it really is an arms race that I didn't think I would ever see, to be honest with you, Stephen. I, I thought we'd have one or two teams that might stand out for a little while, then they'd, they'd flip-flop and another team would take over. But from what I see right now, I legitimately think that we could have four teams from the Desert Southwest making it to the national tournament. I really believe that. I would second that. I think you're right. I think it's very possible. We would have, we saw three this past season. Well, you know, uh, on paper, we saw the three. Obviously, the tournament got canceled, but, you know, the three were qualified for the, for the tournament. And, and certainly those teams are only getting better. Uh, it seems that way. And, and it's, it's possible you, you can get a, a fourth. It won't be long before, uh, before Grand Canyon is, is in the mix. You know, they're making some additions, uh, in their roster. So that's, it's, it's quite possible. I, I would not be, uh, surprised by it one bit if, if it happened it would be great it would be great when we when we join in you know when we get to join in boston and the new england area in march we'll be talking about four teams or maybe the year after that in st louis however long it takes at least hopefully three or four uh next se- uh, this upcoming season and the season after it'll be it'll be great well you know the conference we've talked about that as well the conference uh additions with unlv utah and grand canyon joining in so we know we're going to have an automatic bid anyway because somebody's going to win that conference mm-hmm. Uh, assuming that it's not uh, Central Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Colorado, right. Colorado State, or, you know, it's going to be somebody from the desert southwest, you would assume. And then the others are going to just fight their way into uh, positioning as the season goes. But, uh, you know, we've talked about that uh, kind of in nause- nauseum points <laughs> in the past. But mm-hmm. at this point, uh, what I'm excited about is just the growth of it in the building. Like I said earlier, I wanted to spend the month of May talking building, right? So, uh, our Sunday special is the first one, uh, albeit short because of the, uh, the coronavirus and what I could and couldn't do. But, uh, you know, that was Vegas's building. This week, we're going to hopefully get over to Grand Canyon and see their new locker rooms for their club facility in that building. There's a new facility being built in, uh, in North Phoenix uh, that is a hockey facility as well. And then we're going to have... Uh, uh, you know, a building at ASU. I was able to drive by there and take a, a look at that yeah. uh, spot where they're doing soil samples today. And of course, uh, U of A is trying to get theirs too. So we got a lot of things to talk about. Let's take a quick break. Let's do uh, a couple of uh, commercials here and let's uh, get Jeremy Goltz on and we'll talk some specific hockey in the desert Southwest, specifically club hockey. We'll be right back. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive, too. Visit mdriveformen.com, and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. 
Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M-Drive. Hi, everybody. This is Jay from OxyPal. You probably know our products for being used on your gear to eliminate the odor and bacteria from sports gear and in your gym and all that stuff. Um, in, in light of current events, uh, we have uh, switched up and added a new product to our production line. It's called our Have a Nice Day Hand Sanitizer. Um, it is exclusively for use on your skin, whereas our other uh, products have been exclusively for use on your fabrics and, and, and gear. Uh, this product is available here at my shop. It's available on my website at www.oxypow.com. And you can pick it up or we can ship it to you anywhere in the United States. All right, and we're back. Scott Strandy live in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Stephen Marsh, up in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. And I believe we've got our special guest on tonight, Jeremy Goltz. I'm calling you, Jeremy, the uh, Arizona hockey guru because I can't find a title that fits you better than that. So first of all, <laughs> welcome in. You got uh, Scott and Stephen with you, and it's a pleasure to have you with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I, uh, I really appreciate it. I've been listening to uh... – I've got a couple of them. I didn't catch Jetsy the other night, but uh, you guys are doing a great job, and um, I'm happy to be a part of it. So appreciate you having me. Well, it's, uh, it's our pleasure to have you. Uh, I'll tell you, you know, I've been down here since 1990, right? And and I remember the days of uh, hockey in uh, Tucson, and uh, you were a, a pretty star hockey player from 1990 to 94 with the University of uh, Arizona. Uh, so tell me a little bit about playing back then and, and, and what it was like being a Wildcat. Well, I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was unbelievable. We call it kind of the, the golden ages where, you know, a lot of the college, you know, D1 programs included didn't have big barns back then. So at one point um, during those years, we were the third largest draw in all of college hockey at the TCC averaging over 7,000 fans. And, you know, I was fortunate my freshman year, which was 91, uh, we hosted the Nationals in our home barn. And, you know, we made it to the national championship game, dropped it. But, you know, that was that was just an unbelievable experience. Uh, Leo Gombiaski, a name from the past, you know, had a, you know, a great program and he recruited a lot of guys from Chicago and, you know, big fan base. It was it's really kind of been the driving force to everything I do today. Um, you know, from mission ASU, it's just left such a great, um, mark on me and, you know, everything I've been trying to do. So I love it. You know, it's, it seems like ancient times. Now I talk about, you know, I consider myself that old, but I talk about those stories and these guys now look at me like I'm, you know, 95 years old. <laughs> but uh, it was uh, it was a blast, man. It was those were special years. Some of those guys are still my best friends in the world. So um, have nothing but great things to say about it. Well, let me tell you when when I grew up in northern Minnesota, just a few miles outside of Bemidji, Minnesota, uh, NDSU club hockey was huge back then, right? And I can yeah. remember everybody at at North Dakota State saying like, "Oh, there's no way that there can be hockey in in the desert." There's no way that, that the Wildcats can be that good. The Wildcats were that good. And, and you guys had some real battles with ASU. And what I don't think a lot of people understand is you came back up to Arizona State, the arch rival, and turned that program around. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll get into where they went from that point. But tell us how that all happened. 
You know, it was really, uh, it was kind of timing with everything, to be honest with you. It was, I was, uh, I stayed on as an assistant coach with U of A for six years. And, uh, you know, I was there for a while. I kind of wanted to do some different things with my life. And uh, the mission thing kind of started gaining some momentum. So I was up in the Phoenix area and um, an opportunity, Mike DeAngelis was uh, there who did a great job. And, you know, they had a little bit of a gap, what was going on at ASU. Um, obviously knowing the history, respect for the league. And um, I was approached with the opportunity and, you know, it is as weird as it was at first. I, uh, you know, quite honestly, I always wanted to know if I could, you know, be a head coach in this league and was always an assistant. And it was like, hey, let's jump on the opportunity. Um, had a great history with the, the program and the players. And uh, next thing you know, I was driving that thing for a couple of years. And uh, <laughs> I remember I remember walking back into that uh walking back into the TCC and, oh man, there were signs and trader and, you know, that was, <laughs> that, that was, that was rough. I mean, I wasn't prepared for that, but uh, it was definitely an unbelievable experience for me and, um, you know, learned a lot and, you know, obviously a lot of good things happened with the program and um, yeah, it was definitely different. It, it took a while. I still, I st every now and then I'll have a, a past guy that'll be like, how was that? You know, I'm like, <laughs> it was, I'm like, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It was weird. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a U of A guy, but uh, you know, it worked out pretty well. So good stuff. Well, you know, we've added you and LV now and my co-host Stephen Marsh is up from uh, uh, covering things from the Las Vegas side. So I'll let him get a question in here in just a second. But um you know, when I started this five years ago, and I say this, Ice Time Hockey Southwest, my goal was similar to what yours is, I think, was to grow the game in the desert Southwest. But I didn't want to do it on the ice. I wanted to do it by shining spotlights on guys that I thought deserved it. And, of course, one of the guys that was your assistant, Greg Powers, was uh, the driving force for me doing it because they were going to NCAA. And I thought, you know, uh, being in a city like Phoenix with four major sports, uh, pro sports, I didn't know what kind of coverage they were going to get. So I thought I'm going to try this and see what happens, but I couldn't just make it a go on NCAA hockey. So I had to add the surroundings, why we took the desert Southwest. And, and I was pleasantly surprised at the, uh, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. The uh, acceptance I got from the club programs, even though I think they were all down at that time. And Greg will admit it. His team was down because even though they just won a national championship, they'd, he kind of cherry picked it to build his NCAA team. But um, what I've seen in five years, Jeremy, is just incredible growth and determination. And, and I joke with our uh, club coaches all the time. Now I tell them you guys are in an arms race to see how many good players you can get. I know you still keep an eye on all that stuff. So just tell me what your thoughts are over the last five years in particular in the growth of what you've seen and the quality of play. Oh, it's, it's to, to where it was, I mean, back in the dark ages, there was there was a core of, I'll say, you know, I'll stretch it out to maybe 15, 20 teams that were really, really good teams. And then it really thinned out. The numbers weren't there. The interest wasn't there. The club tag was there. And what has happened in the last, I mean, even 20 years, the talent pool, um, 
the, the programs, I mean, major programs. There was always the Penn State back in the day, which is obviously now D1. But, I mean, you look at every major university now. I'm sending a kid permission to go play at uh, Alabama. You know, you would have told me that 20 years ago um, that Alabama would be having an established hockey program. I just – I wouldn't believe it. In town, I mean, look what we have in town. Right. You know, but obviously U of A, Staple, ASU, GCU, NEU. I mean, these are – these guys, for, to have four programs in our state, first of all, is just an absolute credit to where the hockey's going. Um, two, a lot of the kids, um, you know, especially up at NEU, I can speak to it next year, are, are local products. So I think that, I, you know, I, I see it kind of feeding each other. I see the, the local interest you know, obviously with the Coyotes and then you have the established travel programs. And then now the, the college programs are all putting it together. There's just nothing but excitement and it's good hockey. It's, uh, you know, unfortunately, one of the things that I would, what I would say when I came in is it, they always had the club hockey tag, um, you know, club hockey and people would think, you know, Hey, that's, that's 15 guys getting together and, you know, rec league, you know, you know, and we're going for the keg after. And it's, it's, you know, as well as I know how, how um, competitive it is, the recruiting aspect of it. Um, it's, I mean, I, I remember back, you know, to go back to ASU, we started knocking off division three kids and be quite honest with you, it was, a, it was a very easy sell. You know, you bring them to, University uh, ASU campus. You bring down there the old pay of chains. You walk them around a little bit, <laughs> and these guys are in wherever Wisconsin, and they're like, "Where? Where can I sign up?" And then they get here, and they're like, "Wow, this hockey is really, really good." So, I think you know it's a combination of a lot of things. It's a lot of people's hard work, um, and those guys are all doing a great job. You know, Tate uh, Green, I. I he was actually an assistant with me on uh, the Arizona Showcase teams for about five, six years. So I know him very well. Danny Roy, um, obviously Berms. Um, you know, these guys are doing these guys are doing great jobs, and uh, they're serious about it. They're serious. It's it's a college hockey experience. It's not a club hockey experience, and it's a credit to how hard they've worked and, and what they're doing with it. And I'm, I'm pretty excited to see, you know, where it's going to go in the next five years. All right, Steven, jump in. All right. We'll get a Vegas perspective on this. So, you know, one thing right. I, you know, I want to, I want to touch on the, the recruiting thing because, uh, and you talked about just a minute ago that the, you know, the, a lot of these teams, you know, they run it very, very professional, like it's an NCA program, even though they're just a club. And, and a lot of the, coaches will cringe when they hear club, you know, I'm using quotes right now because, you know, they, they don't want to consider themselves as a club sport, but they can't, you know, they have to do that to kind of separate. But, um, you know, you think about, and, and, and you know, the recruiting is, is become a real a big part of it. And, and I'm sure it has been for a while, but um, you know, a lot of these, these teams, they go out and, and the players, the quality of the players they get, I mean, they're getting players from, from Canada. They're getting players from over across the country from very um, established I guess hockey culture and and yeah they want to come out here so I mean what does that what does that mean for for hockey in this area that people want to come to Arizona or they want to come to to Las Vegas and come play 
hockey that, you know, we're, we're from places like Canada where hockey is so huge and other places where, you know, they, there's other options, but they want to come and, and, and partake of the, the hockey out, out here. Well, let's be honest. I mean, we have what they don't have. We have, we live in a resort, you know, area. Let's be honest. We have the weather. We have, you know, just unbelievable things that these kids from Northern Canada aren't exposed to. So you get that, number one, they come out here. And two, you have good hockey, good hockey players. I mean, look what, you know, obviously look what ASU is doing at the NC uh, level. I mean, it's ridiculous what has been established now. And to me, it's, you know, Powers and I used to laugh. We're like, it's the easiest sell on earth. You get people on a plane and you get them out here and they see it. They're going to, you know, it's the old cliche, but they're going to, they're going to practice in their flip-flops and you cannot, you can't beat that. You just can't. Not to mention, you know, you, now you have the rivalry, you know, ASU, U of A, you have good things embedded like that. There's a history. Um, UNLV obviously doing a great job and, you know, hockey there. I can just even speak from the youth side, you know, what they have done and, and what the, the yeah. Knights have done with the youth program. It's unbelievable, right. those facilities. It's, uh, to me, it kind of sells itself. And it's, I mean, I know the beginning of this, you know, Mission's been around 15 years. We'd start traveling, you know, the first couple of years and it was the old day you have hockey out there. And now it's, everybody knows the Southwest is, is legit. You know, Austin Matthews, for example, big part of that. Everybody knows he was an AZ kid. There's just been little breakthroughs here and there and the continued hard work uh, from a Vegas, from a Phoenix, uh, from a California that just continues to push, you know, this area of the West uh, on the map. So it's fun. It's fun to be a part of it. It really is. Yeah, and you talked about that. I want to talk about that too, the youth, the youth side of things too, because um, as you you know, with with hockey, youth hockey was was pretty big here. I mean, it wasn't like really big as it is now, but you know, there was youth programs here. But with the establishment of the Golden Knights and and City National Arena being opened, and then now you got the uh, facility that's being worked on in Henderson. There is, I mean, you go in City National any any day of the week, you know, pre COVID nineteen, but you know, in a regular season, you know, you go in there. And there's something going on every day with different tournaments, youth tournaments, skates and stuff. And, you know, you just – there's always – there's a demand for hockey here. And, and, and that's got to be good for the – have these players from Arizona and Las Vegas and Nevada that grow up here that have – that can play hockey. And there's a lot of options to play hockey. And that can only help uh, pr- produce better talent for this area and to represent these areas when they go out and have opportunities to play. And then have schools like ASU or U of A, UNLV – as an as an op- option for them to to continue their careers too, and and be and and be good hockey too. Absolutely, I mean I've I've saw it firsthand the transformation, and you know you have you have a youth team winning nationals at the you know the Bantam level last year, two years ago, whatever it was, and uh, just to see where it's gone, it, it it is fun, and like I said, it's an easy sell. You know, you never would have pick this part of the country being a hockey hotbed. Obviously California got the jump on it with the population, but man, we're, we're all jamming pretty good from the, you know, it really does start at the youth and then it trickles right up to the top to the, to the universities and everybody, you know, doing what they need to do. So 
Yeah, we're all reaping the benefits, believe me. Well, let, let me ask this, and I'll, I'll let Scott get back in this, but I, I just wrote down all this, this, the schools here. So we have Arizona State, NCAA. They also have a Division One. They have a Division Two. They've got a women's team. They've got U, U of A's got a D1 and a ACHA. Uh, Grand Canyon's Division One uh, club level. UNLV, and then you got NAU, which is, I believe, Division Two. I mean, if you look back 10, 15 years ago, maybe when you were getting all this started, could you imagine a, this whole list of just these college and, and teams that would be here in this area? No. I mean, it was us and ASU. We were the established parties. NEU had their D1 program way back in the day, um, and they weren't really a player at this level um, back when I was playing coaching. GCU didn't even exist. I mean, they were, they were just a non-factor. UNLV was always there, you know, but they, you know, obviously didn't have anything going. And to just – I mean, I look at it from a scheduling standpoint and – from a logistics standpoint, because, you know, these guys are always fighting off the budgets for them to be able to get on a bus and go to Vegas and play them four times a year. And, and know those are, you know, quality ranked games. And, and obviously you got, you know, you go up North NAU. I mean, it's, it's just opened up a whole window for, for these teams now to, uh, you know, keep it on the bus, keep it affordable and obviously play some good competition, not to mention the rivalry and the fun that, you know, that the students get, the players get, the fans get. You, it's second to none. It's nothing better than playing a team six times. By the end of that sixth game, I mean, you are just – there is just no love lost. So right, yeah. it's, there's good things happening. So it's, uh, it, is, it is really, really fun now sitting on the outside and, uh, you know, enjoying it. So Vegas is doing a great job. Okay, so Jeremy, I, when I uh... – thought about what I was going to do for our podcast and for the website this uh, this month, the month of May. I thought, what, what did COVID-19 do to us? And I thought, you know what had, what it didn't do to us was continue the building. And that's kind of on and off the ice. I mean, the, uh, the recruiting's continued, especially at the club level and the NCAA level. And the pro part of it is kind of paused, but there's still transactions out there and things like that. But the one area that I thought I wanted to look into was building, right? So I went to Vegas and I took a look up there last Friday. I spent about a 13-hour trip um, up there back and looking around and doing some stuff on, on the building up there. And I, I talked to Coach Berman and I said, Coach, would you have believed, and is this really fair, that Vegas is going to have five new ice sheets before you get one? <laughs> it, it doesn't seem fair, does it? I mean, you're a U of A guy, and, and you know how important oh. that is. And he said – that he thought the biggest, he said, forget about my program. He said, you know, we can deal with it. We don't want to, but we can. But it's the youth program that's being stunted in Tucson. And, and that's really how he feels it needs to get started is to get some more youth kids playing. Is that, is that kind of your thoughts as well? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a guy down there, uh, Ryan. He's done a great job with the youth program. But, you know, when you're in these convention centers, um, you have – you know, obviously the big team in there with the, the Roadrunners and then the college team, it's just hard to get ice. It really is. And it's, you know, they had a rink out on, oh man, this is, I'm aging myself. They had a, they had a rink out on the uh, west side of town. It was hidden back behind a business deal. And, you know, it just never really took off. And then obviously, you know, the business went under. Um, I actually think the college team practiced out of there for, you know, a year or two. Um, but you know, it's really 
you know, it's always been the TCC. It's always been the drives up to Chandler for practice. And, you know, Tucson's, that's a big town. I mean, they, you know, I don't know the numbers on it, but, you know, it's somebody at some point. I mean, I know we've had alumni meetings. Um, you know, I know the alumni are trying to help out. At some point, um, it's going to happen. And when it happens, you know, you got to feel good for, you know, the, the university guys to have that, that home home. You got to feel good for the youth to be exposed to it. And, you know, for the youth program that is, you know, trying to, to get going out there, the, you know, the junior Wildcats and, you know, it, it's going to just feed itself, but you know, as well as I know, I mean, though, that's a tough deal. Uh, yeah. You got to get the, you got to be in the right place at the right time. And for some reason, for all these years, it just hasn't come together, but uh, it, believe me, we all want it to happen. We've all wanted it to happen. I tried working on it when I was down there. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, just one of those things that uh, it's elusive, but somebody's going to figure it out and uh, that town will absolutely flourish. So I know I feel bad for Berm on that deal. He's, uh, you know, he's, Talk about a guy, you know, not to go off on a tangent, but he's doing it all. He's, oh, uh, he ever. Mm-hmm. yeah, he works and he's, uh, you know, I was able to help him back with a couple recruits and, um, you know, stuff like that. And the alumni, um, help him out where we can, but you know, he's, as you know, he's got, he's got a shoulder a lot down there and he's, and he's doing a great job with it. He's really got that program in the right direction. And, you know, he's fighting up a lot there. I mean, with the limited ice at points. And so, you know, my hat's off to him. I think he's doing a, uh, I think he's doing a great job. And I got a chirp, but I got to, I got to tell you the, I got to tell you the, uh, I got to tell you the Greg Powers. You want to hear how Greg Powers? I want to hear it. I want to hear okay. it. So, so here's the Greg Powers story. We, we still joke about this one. So, <laughs> We're, uh, you know, a takeover ASU, and I'm like, okay, I'm excited about it, but I'm like, oh, my Lord, you know, like, I'm coaching ASU. So the number one thing is, is, like, I got to get, I got to get an alumni in place. You know, like, to me, I'm, 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 it's one of the biggest things I took away from U of A, the tradition, the alumni, you know, the brotherhood. And uh, I'm like, I got to get an alumni in here. I got to get somebody who's right, who knows the program, loves the program. And uh, I ran into Powers literally the year before he was doing some insurance sales. And I was doing the same thing. And we just happened to cross paths. And he's, you know, he reached out to me and he's like, hey, man, I, ho- I heard you're coaching ASU. And I'm like, yeah, you want to sit down and meet? So we sat at right off the 101. Uh, it was Long Wongs, the old wing place. Oh, yeah. And, I know where yeah. that's at. So we sat right there. There was the meeting spot. We sat down and had uh, an adult beverage, had some wings. And the next thing you know, uh, I call him G Money Powers was, uh, was on staff. So <laughs> here we are year one. We don't know what we're taking over. Um, and by year two, man, we had that thing turned around and just look at, look at what that guy has done. Um, unbelievable so obviously i feel pretty good about that you know but here he is he's up for you know national coach of the year at uh, the nca2a level but you know the one thing that i'd like to say about pows is um and i say this to my daughter all the time is you gotta you gotta love the process and there's a there's a coach right there 
that truly loves the process. He loves the recruiting process. He loves the day-to-day process. That's a guy that just loves what he's doing. And uh, man, oh man, look look what's look how that thing's turned around. It's I. I laugh every now and then. I'll text them. I'll be like, uh, "Dude, you're an NCAA coach." You know, he'll be like, "I know." <laughs> it's, it's like I can't believe it. It's pretty cool. So I'm, well, I'm pretty I'm, proud of that. I'm going to give you a little backstory. But when I was uh, told uh, Stephen that you were coming on, and I said I, I went back and pulled up a story from October 28th, 2015, that was done at Cronkite News. It's got a picture of you with your. Uh, your uh, ACHA um, Coach of the Year award, and you, oh, got okay. pa- you got Coach Powers next to you. First of all, he looks like he could be your son. He's that small <laughs> and young. And, and I'm looking at him going like, is this 2005 or 2015? And I realize it's 2015, so I'm going like, man, Coach, you, you've really uh, aged in the last five years. <laughs> now, I don't think he wants to hear that, but, you know, and so when I say age, coach, I'm not talking about how you look necessarily. I'm talking about your experience. And, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of hockey people back in Minnesota, obviously, being from there. And he's gained so much um, respect, I guess is the word I'm looking for, over the last five years and what he's done with the program. But you talked about him loving the process. And I'm going to tell you a little story he told me. Um, I asked him about Sean Doogie uh, transferring in from Wisconsin this year. Sure. Um, he's a captain at Wisconsin and decides that he's going to go in the transfer portal. And, and coach admitted he hadn't really gone through it because he had so much COVID stuff going on, but he looked at it. He saw that he was in the portal and he called uh, his assistant coach, Mike Field, and he said, Dookie's in the portal. And they're going like, what? That can't be right. And he said that, uh, he said, I'm just going to make a phone call to him and see what happens. And he said, he made a phone call. They talked for a while and he said they hit it off like right now, right? And uh, he said, the next thing he knew, a day later, uh, Doogie said, I'm going to come to Arizona State. I'm transferring to Arizona State. And, and Power said he was just like almost knocked <laughs> off his chair. He said the kid had 40, 40 offers from 60 teams of the 60 teams and, um, <laughs> and chose Arizona State. So you tell me what kind of recruiter he is when that's the case. And, and you hear that everywhere you go. So, so I give him a lot of credit for that, but the part that I think you're going to really enjoy is everybody that I talked to, and when I started the, the business and I was out seeing club teams, and I'm going like, you know, what's your philosophy? And they go, well, we're following Powers' lead. I'm going like, all of you? Because <laughs> they all are, right? I mean, from UNLV to U of A to everybody, every time I say something, they go, yeah, well, this is how Coach Powers said to do it. And, this, and I'm going like, holy cow, we have the uh, godfather which is, <laughs> snuck in there, and I knew that you knew about that, but uh, how how did that happen so quickly? Oh man, I you, you know honestly, it was uh, to go back. So when we took over the team, we kind of you know we took it over. We were I don't know in the summer, and you know kind of where we was left off, and you know a couple new guys coming in. We didn't really didn't really have the ability to do much recruiting. And you get a feel for it. You get a feel for the team, you know, where we're at. And, you know, we made some progress. We were happy with it. And then, you know, it was like he he always said, and one of his quote was, it's not a it's not a, a building re- league, it's a reload league. So that second year, 
that's when we were able to start really knocking off some of these. You know, I remember a couple, you know, the, the, the biggest one, I got to tell this story. This is actually a great story. So there was one of our guys that really helped turn this around was a guy named Joe Schweiger. Okay. This kid was, uh, we went from unranked to number eight that year. And, you know, it just really things turned around. Well, Joe, you know, Greg talked to him on the phone a couple times and, uh, Joe was coming from Michigan. Okay, he was actually a transfer from Eastern Michigan. Well, for some reason, he got U of A and ASU mixed up. So, oh boy, oh boy, thought, don't do that! Don't do that. He, he <laughs> thought he was he thought he was coming to play in front of five thousand people. Lo and behold, he signs up. He does the whole thing. ASU. He shows up. He's like. Well, I'm here. <laughs> so next thing you know, we're like, I remember hearing the story. I'm like, this is unbelievable. Kid turned out to be an absolute stud. Turn, I mean, I, this is little things like that. Obviously, fell into place. But you know, then there were some other kids that came in. I remember kid Timmy Hurst. I mean, I could go through it. And you know, Greg really he worked hard on it. He, uh, you know, his job was to to reel him in, and my job was to you know, then do what we do coach. And the next thing you know, you know, we turned this thing around and, you know, obviously it's to where it was is now, but, you know, I think, I think to go back, I think it's just work ethic. And the, and the biggest thing about him is, you know, his, his passion for ASU above anything. I mean, that guy is a, he's a face painter when it comes to that uh, school, how- man. Oh man. It's unbelievable from football to, to everything, the guy's just, you know, as passionate as it gets and, you know, his passion carries into his, you know, now his, luckily, you know, his job. So um, it's just fun. It's fun to see where, you know, if you would have told me G-Money Powers, you know, it would be, you know, <laughs> coaching ASU and NCAA squad, you know, back when, you know, we're chirping them in the, you know, the late 90s. I just – you know, it's just really cool how how things have, have gone. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate. I've kind of had a front row seat to a lot of it. So, you know, every now and then I get to kick back and really kind of enjoy and see what what has developed. So good stuff, man. Really good stuff. <laughs> you know, and the other thing that I always uh, kind of get on him at when I see him every Tuesday for, uh, for our NCAA media availability uh you know, every now and then, obviously, there's going to be a rivalry ACHA game, and I'll go, Coach, can I get your thoughts on this rivalry game? He goes, I'm going in to talk to the locker room, and I'm going to tell them what they're going to do to you, Bay. <laughs> it happens every year. And then I'll get the ACHA guys to come out, and I'll say, so I understand Coach Powers talked. He goes, yeah, we're ready. We're ready for you. <laughs> and, that, and, and that just carries on and on and on. It's it's so much fun to be a part of and to be able to cover. So I'm excited about that. I want to give you a couple minutes here just to talk about uh, what you're doing over at Mission and, and Gold's Hockey. But before I jump into that, I have to ask you, uh, word is out now that we're finally going to break ground on that new arena on campus. And uh, I know every time I talk to the NCAA players, I go like, you know, what were your first thoughts about Oceanside? And they'll usually tell me, oh, and then they'll catch themselves and they say, we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so they never really want to go with that first thought. But, but then afterwards they'll say, you know, I, my experience coming in here was I didn't know what to expect and I was kind of shocked. But then after I'd been here a little while, I love this place. 
And, and they all say to a man that they would run through the, the brick walls of Oceanside to, uh, to win hockey games there. And you've seen both sides of the big rink and the little rink. So before you jump in and, and tell us a little bit about what you're doing, give us some thoughts about playing in the TCC and then having to play at Oceanside. Yeah, I mean, I got it. It's funny. I mean, I think it's I think it's the way everybody will spin it. You know, obviously, you know, back in <laughs> back in our day, it's like, hey, you have the big barn, you have the fans. You know, that was part of our experience. I mean, that's just what we love. I mean, when I'm signing autographs as an 18 year old kid. I mean, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what's going on. You know, but that was part of the U of A package. What Powers has done, you know, to to because we were actually at the ice then um, when I took over the program, and that was one of the biggest things. We're like, we got to get this back towards campus, you know. So that's right. when we actually moved it back to Oceanside, and you know, the tower was built, and oh man, what a ghetto locker room we had! Man, we were so excited about that locker room at that time. But now I think it's I think it's the stick closet for the D1 team now. But we were. <laughs> We were pretty pumped about that, uh, you know, it changed. But what we wanted to do is make it a home. And what Powers has done is, you know, he's – what I love is he's in the, no longer – I mean, you can only play this card so long. These guys are ranked team now. But he's always been playing the underdog. You know, right. look, at, look, at, look at the place we're playing and look at, you know, the school we're at. You know, look at who we're playing. We're playing BU. And – you know, look what he's been able to do with that. So that's been part part of, you know, his motivation and the way direction he's gone. I'm a big barn guy, <laughs> to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, I mean, there's nothing better than you know getting something done in front of a seven thousand fans and you know your legs go numb and you know it's just that electricity that you know, hopefully we get back to after, you know, all this is done. But I mean, that is, I can take away, you know, half a dozen games where the crowd was packed and, you know, you're, you're getting a fight, which you obviously can't do these days, but back in the day, you know, something like that, you're skating off and you got 7,000 people on their feet, you know, you're kind of, uh, that, those are the things you remember. So, to, to kind of end that conversation, I think the big barn's going to serve them very, very well. Oceanside's been a great home. It's by campus, but, man, what, what he's going to be able to do with the big barn's going to be very exciting. Okay, I'm going to let you jump in, I promise. I just have two more things to tell you here that, that kind of tie into U of A, but rumor has it you're the guy that got the Sweet Caroline uh, sing-along going down there, which I call the best <laughs> in college hockey, by the way. Any truth to that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no? <laughs> you know what i'm thinking what's funny about that is is i i want to say um that that might have started back in with a couple of the old mission guys that have carried that one over so i can't directly take credit for it but let's say uh Let's say the boys have probably uh, pushed that one pretty hard because that was uh, that was definitely one back in the day. You're talking Churro, now Manny Road, Decker. That was uh, that was definitely their deal. So I'll leave it at that. Those guys yeah, get the credit. That that one moves along pretty well. I always say it's one of the best I've ever heard in, in college hockey. Oh. That whole that whole building gets roaring on that. And 
And the second <laughs> thing I want to, uh, a little bit uh, more in the serious tone, is that uh, we lost a good friend in in uh, Tim Gasson uh, unexpectedly in November, and and I know he was a huge fan of yours because he always told me, "You gotta see Goldsey, you gotta see Goldsey." Every time I came to Tucson, <laughs> he, he wanted me to find you, and uh, and uh, you know, is there anybody better? Then, or was there anybody better than Tim Gasson at promoting U of A hockey? No, no, Timmy, Timmy Gasson. Um, once again, you know, he's one of these guys, you know, we joke all the time. He's like one of those guys I'd see, you know, he's walking around when he was walking around in his U of A collar shirt and doing the, doing the broadcast. I mean, I remember that guy sitting on the glass, um, <laughs> you know, you know, with his, chicken man buddy you know put piled up cans of spam in the penalty box and you know coming out with us afterwards for an adult beverage or two i mean that was the timmy gasson he was he was and you know always will be you know probably the biggest fan of that program he just through the years i mean everything that from fan to broadcasting to promotion I mean, I can't even tell you some of the conversations I had with him, um, you know, when there were some coaching changes going on and just the promotion he was doing. But, you know, that obviously just a terrible, terrible deal. Um, so sudden and, and just the way everything went down. But Timmy was a he was a special guy. And, and I think every player, you know, every ex-player, um, especially just – you know, has something special for him. And he was, he made, he was one of those guys that made our experience better as players. He was just so passionate about everything. I mean, that guy would go to nationals. I have pictures that I was looking through. Um, you know, we're in North Dakota in 92 and there's, there's Timmy Gasson in the pictures, you know, like that guy was, that guy was, that guy was everywhere, man. So, um, you know, God bless him, and uh, you know, obviously, nothing but great things to say about that guy for sure. All right, you get a couple minutes to promote uh, Mission Hockey because I know they do an awful lot for sending guys to ACHA hockey, and and tell us a little bit about uh, Colts hockey and what that's all about. And then stay tuned when when we're done with you. I want you to listen to one segment because Berman makes me play it uh, all the time. So keep listening before you uh, hang the phone up. All right, will do. I think, you know, I, you know, mission hockey, it's, I can't believe it. Now we're heading into our 15th year. And, um, you know, I think the, the thing I'm most proud of it is, is, is it's really a lot of the brotherhood. A lot of the modeling was done, you know, from my, my college years, obviously U of A, it's really carried into, you know, a lot of the coaching and the structure of the program. Um, you know, I've had some very, very good hockey players. You know, two years ago, we're, we're 18 national runner-ups. We lose in the national championship game. This year, we're, we have actually a, a better team from top to bottom. And, you know, we're, we win states again. We're primed to go to nationals. And, you know, and then obviously the COVID hits. And, you know, one of the worst phone calls I've ever received in my life Um you know, that these guys weren't going to get this opportunity to do it. But, you know, it's, there's these kids just, it's, it's a special group. It's a special group because of, you know, we have original board members and we just have, 
alumni that come around all the time. Um, It's unique and it's, and I'm very, very proud of it. I I think, you know, obviously to segue into the show, um, you know, obviously there's a tremendous amount of respect for ACHA and, you know, honestly, that's where I, I really want to push our guys to go. I'm not, you know, juniors has good and bad and with it, and there, there's a, a place for it with everybody. But to me, you know, I'm always trying to push guys to the to the ACHA. Obviously, you know, U of A, if we can get them there. And, you know, that's a little tighter these days with, you know, the one team. And then, you know, obviously there's great options, ASU, um, NAU, GCU, you know, a bunch of my kids. We have a Hall of Fame ceremony every year where – kids that play juniors or college and come back and we honor them. It's the only time they get their name on their Jersey. Long story short, you know, we're planning on having 11 and 12 this year, 11 and 12 next year. And the majority of those kids will be filtered uh, throughout the in-state programs um, at the ACH level. So obviously I'm very proud of that. Churro. I mean, if you look at it right now, we got Churro. Um, Kevin yeah, we got Birdman at U of A, but from a goaltending standpoint, Matt Diamond just signed with GCU. Right. Um, Taz Joplin was at NAU, so we almost had all the three, you know, three <laughs> of the four programs covered in the goaltending department. But you know, NAU's getting a, a pretty good lion's share of our team this year, um, and there's some very, very good hockey players. Um, there's a there's another young guy that Coach Berman's going to sign that was on our team two years ago. Uh, Chris Fritz, he's a great player. I mean, it's just really fun for me to see, um, you know, the kids that you're coaching since Pee Wee's next thing you know are wearing these college jerseys. And um, I think that's one of the most rewarding things for me, to be honest with you. And honestly, I've been, you know, I've been able to do it with um, my wife, Brandy, all these years. It's, it's, It's made it that much cooler that we've been able to, kind of work together and create this. So, you know, we're really lucky in that department. So um, I'm proud of it. It, It's it's a youth program. And, you know, what I did find out is doing all this college coaching and all these years, I'm I'm more suited at the youth level. I I like the development piece of it and obviously the competitive piece, but there's something about taking kids from, you know, Kiwis, next thing you know, they're in national championship games at 18. Um, that's a pretty good journey, and, and I'm really enjoying that. G- Gold hockey is is a gong show, is what it is. I mean, to 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 sum it up in a in a few words, what I mean, what it is is, I mean, these these are intense seasons. So you know, there's there's guys that go crazy in the off season with you know with all their their schools and their lessons. Me, I kind of they got to put the fun back in hockey. So, you know, I have, I have players, they're captains, they do mock drafts, they get to make up their names. There's no coaches on the bench. I play nice. music and, you know, highlight videos and, you know, um, just, just fun, organized fun, but stupid fun. You know, just let the kids be kids. And they honestly, I think uh, most of them like that more than the mission season now. I mean, I think they actually – it's like, yes, goal time. They're all dying because obviously it's been pushed back. So these guys are ready for GHSL to start. So um, it's, a, it's a great time of year for me too. You know, I get to 
kind of let my hair down a little bit. I make a bunch of dumb videos and, you know, have some fun with it. So it's fun, man. It's really, it's, we've really put together kind of a, you know, a nice little deal here in the last uh, 15 years. And, and I'm obviously very proud of it. And it's, it's nice to be able to, you know, pop down to see Berm at U of A or, you know, ASU Powers or Tate or, you know, obviously, you know, good old Roy's doing a great job at GCU. It's nice to have those relationships where, you know, I could be like, hey, take a look at this guy, that type of thing. But other than that, man, and, you know, it's uh, it's hockey. And, uh, man, I'm missing it. It's nice to talk hockey. I am missing it right now, man. I didn't realize how much I'm missing it until we're yakking away you. on the ball. Yep, with well, you there. Crazy. You're not alone there. All right. I promised uh, one segment for you to hear this. So give me 30 seconds to take a listen to this one, okay? Okay, will do. Your hometown hockey team. Your Western Collegiate Hockey League champions. Your Arizona Wildcats. Tickets for Arizona hockey are now on sale. Support your Wildcats as they battle ASU for another Cactus Cup championship and more at the Tucson Arena. Your hockey team, your Arizona Wildcats. Call 791-4101 for tickets now. So I, I told Coach Berman, I said, uh, Tim sent that to me about a year ago uh, in preparation for this coming season, and and obviously he wasn't able to fulfill all of that. But I asked Coach Berman, I said, do you want to you wanna redo that? And he goes, no. No, he said, keep playing it. Whenever you can, I want you to keep playing it. So uh, that's what we're going to play in, in honor of Tim Gasson all year long. We're always going to have that at least cut somewhere along in our shows. Awesome. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's that's just him, man. And, and you know what's the best? It took him one take to do that, too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. That's the strange part. Of it. <laughs> we all know Tim, right? <laughs> it just busted, it was busted out. And it, yeah, oh, that's great. Great stuff, man. Jeremy Golds, thanks for stepping in. I can't wait to catch up to you to rink sometime, sometime very, very soon. But thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, and uh, Stephen, I'm sorry I kind of grabbed the mic away. From no, you. no, I was, I was just enjoying this, enjoying the conversation. It was a lot of great stories there and stuff. Yeah, uh, I've been waiting for this for a little while. So Jeremy, yeah. let's uh, let's not make uh, this a, a once in a lifetime type thing. Let's have you on as much as you want to come yeah. on. Okay. All right, man. I'll. Uh... I'll keep going to the treasure trove. I got some good ones for you. <laughs> All right. Have hey. a great evening and, and stay safe, okay? All right, guys. I yeah. really appreciate you as well. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> All right, Stephen, and I'll be right back to wrap up another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly in just a second. Get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Well, we'll see the Golden Knights. Okay, get me out of here. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. 
pregame like a pro, postgame like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located across the street from the iconic A Mountain and Sun Devil Stadium and a quick walk from Wells Fargo Arena, College Bar and Grill is your home for the best local craft beer, delicious creative cocktails, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State Athletics. College Bar and Grill, pregame like a pro, postgame like a champion. Online at ilovecollege.co. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right year for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. The award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy, live in Scottsdale, Arizona. Stephen Marsh still with me up in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Stephen, we ran a little long, but I'll give you a minute or two here just to wrap things up on your uh, your thoughts hearing from uh, Jeremy Goltz tonight. No, I, I think, you know, it was a great, great conversation. He had a lot of great, great stories and uh, obviously a lot of history um, with, with hockey in that in, in the Arizona area and, and just just hearing kind of how things were back then. And, and of course, now we know how things are now. It's just, it's really quite amazing to to see everything work out the way it works out now. And, and uh, you know, the, the passion and the and just, to, you know, be able to talk hockey, even though it's in, we're in May and, and we're all stuck at home and something, just kind of get your mind off things that are going on. And it's, uh, it was a, it was a great, uh, great conversation, but, you know, I was, you know, I, when I asked him about, you know, as we were doing the interview at the beginning, you know, I, I wrote down, I was thinking about what are all the schools that, you know, are in this area. And I, I looked at ASU, you know, they have their NCAA program. They have a division one program. They have a division two program. They've got the women's program club level. And you got U of A's got the, their club level, GCU, UNLV, and then NAU division two. And I just think, I was just, I couldn't believe how many, how many teams that we that are just between Arizona and, and, and Las Vegas and and you know I was thinking another thing too if, if Arizona needs a place to play we've got some plenty of space up here in Vegas <laughs> yeah, exactly uh, well, well and don't forget that Grand Canyon's got a D2 team also oh yeah that's and, right and a women's team yeah so, I forgot uh, see I even forgot that see so yeah, yeah so so it, I mean there yeah it's it's a lot of hockey there's uh and I think MAU has got a D2 and D3 team now well so, there you go see yeah. I didn't I forgot about that. So there you go. It, it, it's to crazy. It's yeah. crazy what's going on. But well, another great show. Um, we're finishing up the uh, eighth week in uh, quarantine, and hopefully it's going to end pretty soon. In the meantime, though, uh, we'll keep talking hockey with you every Wednesday yeah. night. So, and hopefully we can keep getting. We can hopefully we can keep getting some good guests on and uh, continue the conversation, uh, even though we're we're kind of in the influx of seasons here and. Uh, and we can continue the the conversations each week. The more more I think the more guests we have, the less they have to hear from me or you. I think it's 
might be better. At least me. At least me. At least. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's true, but we're gonna, uh, we'll sign off tonight by telling everybody to be safe, be strong. We're all in this together, and right. uh, Roger Klein and oh. uh, the Peacemakers will send us off with Hello New Day. Stephen, take care. We'll talk to you next week. Keep wearing that hat. It looked good on the Twitter uh, pic. <laughs> Yeah, and I've got my pen here. I've been writing notes down all show with my with the pen that you gave me. So nice, ah. some good some good pens. Hopefully, uh, people will be able to get th these things uh, at some point and have it for themselves because it's great stuff. Absolutely. All right. Have a good evening, folks. Have a good week, everybody.